Well, hello, and thank you for listening to your new favorite podcast, The Local Woman. My name is Sierra, and I'm the host of the show, and today we are joined by Miss Jade. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio, and today we have a wonderful new Local Woman of the Week to share with you all, and that is Miss Jasmine Habersham. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine. As we were talking about in our kind of a pre-show um, chat, um, I usually just kind of like to jump right in. So we'll get right started. Uh, Jasmine, did you always know that you wanted to be a performer? And for those who don't know, Jasmine is a soprano opera singer. Or is there a more formal introduction that we should provide? That's perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> well, Jasmine, when did you first realize you wanted to be a performer? So, you know, when thinking about that question, I, the first thing that comes to my mind, I was actually at um, Mitchell Macon. I was a senior there. And uh, I remember I sang your daddy's son. Uh, from Ragtime in a concert. And, like, I just remember this feeling of, like, man, this was, like, home. Like, I was on the stage, and, like, you know, of course, like, lights were glaring in my face, and I was like, <laughs> man, this, like, really, really feels like home. And and there were some other times where I also felt like that, felt that way, you know? And so I've just been kind of chasing that constantly. Um, and so like after I did Mr. Macon, I did, uh, theater Macon. Oh. <laughs> I played Sister Margareta, uh, in, uh, The Sound of Music. Hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it was just this like feeling of just like, man, I just love, I love the theater. I love this just overall feeling. So. That was one of the one of the very first moments that I knew I wanted to be a performer. Well, and immediately right off the bat, you've got so many local connections there that people can make for themselves right now. Midsummer Macon was a, um, a uh, I guess, an enrichment program that they used to hold yeah, at Westland. Yeah, for two, yeah, for like two weeks. Yes, during the like, summer. And schools yeah, yeah, would yeah, send yeah. you, but also parents could sign you up. And there were various um, activities you could participate in. So if you were musically focused, you could do that. If you were more thespian or more of a thespian, you could go in those programs. I believe they also had sports and artistic programs. Mm -hmm. So I remember growing up, that program was huge. And I think a lot of people were introduced to a lot of different things in those programs. Exactly. And like, I can even remember like the, my first time even hearing classical singing, uh, Rita Davis was singing yes. uh, a recital and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder if I could like do that, you know, and it's it, that, that program exposed me to so many different kinds of arts and just so many different areas because I was like to creative writing and dance and, you know, and it just, it really gave me an appreciation for all the art forms and, and, and also like my personal identity as far as like figuring out how to express myself. So. Wonderful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and uh, you also mentioned uh, theater making, which again is a place locally <laughs> here that people could go right now if they were mm -hmm. interested yeah. in trying them, their uh, hand at the stage. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I, I remember auditioning <laughs> for the musical because that you know it's totally different than what I was thinking about doing and, and but I but I auditioned for it and it went well and then I had a small part and 
I just, I enjoy being a part of it. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you still carry that feeling with you today as far as being on the stage, it seems. You know, I do. And I have to be honest, because sometimes it comes and goes with all the, like, traveling. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sure. <laughs> you know, like, it, 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 I try, always try to find that, that thing whenever I do the job, because otherwise I don't feel natural. Yes. But and, then does that feeling disappear as soon as you get back on the stage? Well, it, I don't know, for me, it comes when I'm on the stage, and then, like, when I'm off the stage, it kind of, like... I gotcha. Disappears. Yeah, so you're sense. like, okay, that was definitely worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, extremely, extremely. And it's like, I actually, um, I I went to this place, summer program called Brevard Music Center. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's in North Carolina. Um, and Brevard, North Carolina, in the mountains. And uh, I was working with Dean Anthony, who is one of fan, like fantabulous director, but like one of the most amazing people uh, that I got to work with that really like molded my artistry. Yes. And, you know, he would always say like being on stage is like being at church for him. And I have always felt that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, even sometimes more spiritual than actually being in church, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the co- the connection between the performer and the audience and the performer and the piece that they're performing, that can kind of be an overwhelming sensation for a performer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's constantly having that like human connection of you sending out an energy and then the energy coming back from the audience. Yeah. And it's this really beautiful process that, especially during COVID, has not been able to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, it, it, it's a really, um, you feel kind of like a oneness with everybody when, when you're communicating correctly as a performer, and then they get it. And it's just, it's been a great experience when you can just communicate with so many people on that level at one time. Well, one of my favorite things about always being in the theater um, was always that the, the silence in the sound, if that makes sense. Like when just yeah. one person is on stage singing and everyone around you is just so entranced into that, in that individual's performance. And it's really just like a deafening silence yeah. that just has that one penetrating piece of sound. That is yeah. my favorite feeling at the theater, especially oh, as wow. soon as that note ends, that last like ringing note and you can kind of hear it right before, like, the audience builds to clap. Because there is a second before where everybody's yeah. just kind of taking it in, you know. Oh, I really and love it's that. it's so timeless. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of my favorite feelings. And it's, um, I bet as a performer, it's something you almost chase, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I think my goal whenever I'm performing is that I'm just clear about everything I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, that I'm... I'm just, you know what I mean? Because it's like, there's a sense of focus. And like, if that, if your communication is off about what you're saying, they're going to know. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but they're also going to know when it's right. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. So I always try to be as clear as possible because it's clear to me, it's going to be clear to them. Well, I always feel like you've pulled that off as far as my, um, 
my having the opportunity to view your performances. Um, I One of my first opportunities to see you sing was actually at the Otis Redding Christmas event that they had. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I got to not only watch you, watch you sing, I actually got to watch you practice, which was really exciting for me. And I was like, she is phenomenal. And I'm just <laughs> like, and like, I'm like in the audience, I'm like, tissue, tissue. Oh, my gosh, she's so good, you know? And it's, um, I really believe that you get that across cross but um one thing i'd love to know is how you went from being someone who was just a local performer in your community to taking that to a professional stage what uh what path did you take to make that transition yeah so uh, <laughs> it's, it's a long path but <laughs> um so basically i was taking uh voice lessons with nadine whitney mm-hmm. um at western college Everything like goes back to Westland. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she suggested, she was like, I think we should, you know, major in voice. So I applied to um, uh, multiple colleges and the one that I chose was Shorter University. Um, and so I did my undergraduate degree there. And then I went to the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music for my graduate and artist diploma. So, um, and also, yeah, also during that time, I was doing young artist program. Um, and so, so now what yeah, is that? that's, so basically young artist programs are kind of like internships for opera companies. Okay. Yeah. So it's where they have you do small roles or they have you cover some of the leading roles. Uh, so in case one of the performers go out you're ready, you're there to take, you know, get, be on stage and perform the role. Okay. Now, and in addition to that, you get training, you get coaching, uh, some, you know, language classes, um, and that usually happens over the duration over a summer. Um, and then they even have some bigger programs where, it's, you know, you get that training throughout the entire year, you know? So, oh, okay. um, so yeah, they have so like immersion like programs, programs, but yeah. also exactly. long-term programs as well. Exactly. Right. And so how would, uh, it would seem that, like, to me, when I hear about someone being an opera singer, that just seems otherworldly to me. A little daunting. Yeah, it's daunting. It seems overwhelming. Like, you, like, growing up, you would hear opera singers and you're like, you don't, don't, I don't know anybody who sounds like that. I've never met anyone who sounds like this. But then when you actually have the opportunity to know someone who does this in person, it really brings it home and to know that right here in our community, we have someone who actually was able to make it to the stage in that way, it's kind of amazing. And I know that a lot of people really want to connect with you in that way if they have that same desire, mm-hmm. you know, especially Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't women. even know how to go about starting to do that. No, me either. And I, Yeah, and it's really, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. you're fine, <laughs> go right ahead. No, it's, I mean, it's difficult because it's not a typical art form that's like mainstream, right. you know, yes. like, it's, there's always a term that opera finds you, okay. you know, and it really does because it's it's something that you have to really be exposed to. Absolutely. And I think once you are exposed to it, like, it, you know, for, at least for me, it was like, oh, this is like the coolest thing I've ever felt, you know, yes. and yes. I like it and I have a talent for it. So let me just try this out and see how it goes. You know, and I and I am grateful that I've been able to 
to have the career that I'm having and, and I'm excited for the future of it, but it, it is a constant, you know, roller coaster, you know, of, uh, all the time. Absolutely. And well, like growing up, my grandparents would take me to the Fox and at the Fox, they would have, um, they would have operas. And the first uh, opera that I ever saw was Samson and Delilah. And of course, they have ah. the, yes. And of course they have the screen above that does the translation so you can follow along. And I remember falling absolutely in love uh, with the art form then as a child, but also on Sundays on NPR, they would have like three to four hours where they would play nothing but opera on Sunday afternoon. And my grandfather would sit in his study and he would listen to opera and he would prepare his, um, his Sunday. He did, uh, he taught Sunday school. So he'd prepare his Sunday school lesson and that's what he did. So growing up, it wasn't something, it was something that I had the opportunity to be exposed to. And one thing I took note of even then was the lack of diversity in the Uh um, opera world. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that's a secret to a lot of people that it had struggled with that diversity. And I would love uh, from your perspective, what efforts are being made in the field to be more welcoming and inclusive of people of color or other backgrounds? Yeah. So that's, this is a great question because that is like the topic, a huge thing that is, is transforming within our industry right now. Um, I personally have, had the wonderful opportunity to work with companies um, that have hired me to play roles that are done by traditionally white women um, or other (laughs) ethnicities. And, you know, people are starting to pay attention and listen or, and are starting to listen to what, you know, people want to see. So for instance, I think a goal that people want to see, like they want to see like Hamilton, but like on the opera stages. Yes. And awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I've been in those settings and it's powerful to see like, okay, not only white people can do this, but black people can do this. Asian people can do this. Latino people can do this. And I I feel like it really, you know, if the story is not about race, there are so many different ways that you can create and express the story through a different lens. And so like, I think it's so empowering to see other people of color um, play these like traditionally white roles and, and give it a different flavor and perspective, you know? Um, and, and, and I mean, and you can even say even different color of the voice. Um, it's really important to see that. And I, you know, I've personally worked at companies like Minnesota opera. Um, I was playing Katie Jackson. She was Joe Jackson's wife and that's a white woman, you know, mm-hmm. But the reason that they hired me, because they said, you were the best for the job. Right. You know? Well, that's what they you want to hear. And they were like, we won't want anyone else to sing it. Yeah, that's so, what you're looking for. No matter what, you exactly, want to be the right one for the role, no matter who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that our, our opera industry is starting to, to, to just hire people because they're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hire them because, like, they worked hard and they, their voice deserves to be heard. You know, whether it be a white person or a black person, you know, and again, if the story is about race, that's where it gets a little prickly. And I do think you need to stay to the context of the story. But if it doesn't have to do with that, mix it up. You know, it's really empowering to see that because I think it inspired people 
uh, and more communities that don't maybe typically listen to opera and be like, oh, well, I saw this black girl on stage. I wonder what that's about. Um, and I mean, and I have a perfect example in Minnesota. Um, so I was, uh, playing a white woman, but I, I'm, I'm black, of course. <laughs> and, uh, my counterpart was white. And I guess from a lot of the like promotional photos and people thought it was a story maybe about an interracial couple, but it wasn't, it was just about shoeless Joe Jackson and his wife and, and his career and some of the mistakes that he made and, and all this. And, Night after night, I saw these like interracial couples like sprinkled throughout the audience. I was like, "That's really interesting." Mm. You know mm-hmm. that they probably came to see this because the they thought of, it yeah. was <laughs> about uh, an interracial couple, but it wasn't. So, but still, the opera. I'd people, say even if they may have uh, misunderstood the initial context of the show, what the still the opportunity to kind of take that in and kind of have their own maybe preconceptions broken in that moment, I think is still a fantastic opportunity mm-hmm, for you absolutely. all to present. Uh, because some people yeah. may not have they may not have come yeah. had I was just about to say exactly they, yeah, had they not seen yeah. Yeah. right if, if they, had they hadn't felt the space was a safe space. Face. You know what I mean? You yeah. created a safe space with your presence exactly yeah that's beautifully stated yes so like yeah those people may not have come but they didn't see that image Mm -hmm. and I think like if you can put more black girls in these like leading roles you're like oh that girl looks like me I wonder what that's about oh I want to ask my mom can we go see that maybe we can go see that and then they come see it you know it just gets people thinking It's, it's really all about images and and you know again I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't see Audra McDonald or Kathleen Battle or Jesse Norman take the stage, I would not be doing what I'm doing if I didn't see them. Right. True. And do you feel like there's a group or an organization in the field of classical arts that's really um, honing in on that and addressing it that maybe people can look up or be aware of if they're more yeah, interested so, in the topic? Yeah. So there's BIPOC arts, uh, Black and Indigenous people of color arts, where they are, they feature, and <laughs> here's the thing, all of the people are featured that are people of color, you know, in lighting design, uh, all, all singers, um, tech people. So like, they're covering so, the gambit. It seems yeah, like so all of yeah, the so, yeah, that's great. You have no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, I need a Latino tenor or I need a black soprano or whoever. They're all a part of the group. You can check out. these. Yes, you can check these spaces and see, oh, maybe this is someone we want to look and see have them audition for our, the role. Um, there's also, I know that the Black Opera Alliance um, is an organization that is helping to fight racial inequality. And then there's some, also some other organizations as well. Um, that, you know, are, are speaking out about certain things. Um, so it is a very much, oh, and oh gosh, there's so many. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean there's, to put you on the spot. So I'm always, I can't even think, but those <laughs> no, are the two that actually do come to my mind. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I honestly, we just want to be able to connect people with it on the show. So, uh, you know, during the week in which we're going to highlight this, we'll be sure to show, uh, to show that because I'm really hoping that, um, when we post up your episode that people are encouraged by this, I'm almost slightly fangirling because I am super obsessed with, um, <laughs> with the field of opera in my own way. And I remember, yeah. 
when I found out that you and uh, Amanda, it was green when I was growing up, Amanda Green, uh, but yeah, she goes by yeah, Lenora. Lenora. Yeah. Yes, I, growing up, I my mom was always like, oh, you're just, uh, you're so obsessed with her. And it was because she was an opera singer. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah. my God, I just want to go hang out with Amanda. She's like, you are, you're too much. And I was like, but it's just because for me growing up, I, that this was something that I really enjoyed listening to. And I, you know, I was in jazz band and so I had the, and I was also in classical band. So I did have the opportunity to be, um, to be introduced to these various types of music, but I just loved seeing women like me on stage. Yeah. I love it. And to this day, yeah. the thrill hasn't left and I am 33. So I, I, to me, I really want young women to uh, tune in. We're going to be sure to share your video too. So I want, I want yeah. them to be able to hear it. But speaking of, we've been talking about you singing for a moment. I'd love to be able to share a clip with our uh, listeners at this time of you singing. This is the marriage of Figaro. And if you'd like to do any introduction on the video at this time, you can do that as well. Jazz. This is a clip of me singing. One of my favorite arias, Deviani non tadar from the notes di Figaro by Mozart. And Jade and I are over here just staring at the video like this. Oh my God, she's amazing! Like, yeah, sorry, I, really go, I had to go around. I had to go to the round the table because I was like, I want to see this. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. You're, you're phenomenal. Oh, thank you. And like, it's so funny to know someone and to see them and to be like, oh, I know this person, and just not know all the talent that they mm -hmm. have in them. And like, it's amazing that that's what comes out. You are phenomenal. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. And you did introduce this song for us, but I'd love to know uh, what's one of your favorite roles um, that you've had the opportunity to play? Oh, so actually there's, oh, I have two that I'm like, that I love. But okay, so the first one, uh, I love singing Destina from Cosi Fantute. Uh, that's another Mozart opera. Um, oh my gosh. You want to know, like, did I tell you about that feeling of home, home? Like, I really felt it there. Um, and basically, I'm like this saucy maid that that is very, uh, uh, <laughs> she's stirring up some stuff, you know, in the house. <laughs> it, it is just, it's incredible. 
Um, and also, there's a pants roll that I really love to sing, uh, Pip and Moby Dick. Um, it's been one of my... <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been one of my most favorite roles. And it, 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 what I love about the, the, the arc of the characters, like, you know, Pip is like the the joy of the ship, uh-huh. the, the, you know, almost kind of like the cheerleader of the ship, yeah. you know, but as things change and as the story develops, it, you know, Pip kind of becomes like the person that kind of is the, I don't want to say not the psychic, but kind of like, you know, Pip ends up going, getting cabin fever and like going crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and like it, it, there's so many different, he kind of elements that I play within that one character. So it's just like, it's like happy boy. Okay. Boy who gets traumatized. And then boy who's like gone off the deep end, but can see into the future. And so you have so many opportunities to kind of explore so many levels with your voice, but also in the character. Yeah. So it feels kind of schizophrenic, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, so fun to like dig in that in, a, in the amount of you know the opera being three hours you know so yeah that's that's you know some of my favorite roles and I know there's like more to come so I'm just excited to dig in and just the fact that you just said and I didn't even take into account when I was creating our questions to even ask this but how do you maintain that type of stamina on stage you just mentioned that that particular opera is three hours and most operas are around that length of time so how do you maintain that stamina are you chugging Red Bull like behind the curtains (laughs) no (laughs) no we said those both like First of all, I'm not singing for this full three hours, but right. that's of still course, a lot of, of energy. Yes, absolutely. Because you've got to maintain it even during the time when you're not on stage, just being ready, you know, like yes, keeping in that exactly. mindset, that energy. Right. So, like, sleep is very, very important to me. <laughs> um, hydration. Hydration, yes. hydration, hydration. Um, that is also key. Um and also, like, I really rest. Like, I, I won't go to parties if there's a lot of talking, um, you know, because just the actual act of talking is you're using your voice. Right. Yes. So, like, I don't, try, I don't go to loud parties or loud areas. Um, Where you're going to be having to or, yell to exactly. be heard. Yeah. Don't want to show yeah, those vocal like, cords. Oh, yeah. Or, like, go to a loud concert the night before. I will not do that because it just, like... <laughs> so how long do you... It all kilters me a bit. How do you, how long do you prep before a performance? Um, so... Depending on, like, when I receive the contract to do something, mm-hmm. I like to really start, of course, months in advance. Uh-huh. Um, and it just depends on the, the role and the size of the role. So, for instance... If if it's a smaller role, you know, hopefully I have the time to start at least about two months before. But mm-hmm. if it's like a bigger role like Susanna, which actually uh, the aria that I just sang, uh, we actually just listened to the recit. We didn't even get to the aria part. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and granted, uh, Susanna, there's so much recit in, in that. And so for me, I would like, to literally start on that like a year before. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, just because there's so much dialogue and, and, and 
you know, Italian is not my first language. I know mm-hmm. I need it to be. And I'm, I'm, that's a goal of mine that I at least be bilingual <laughs> <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but um, the just the mere notion of just thinking in a different language that way, it really takes me a long time. And I just try to work slow as possible as I can. Um, but when it comes to other things, you know, it usually takes me a month or two months. And sometimes I've had to learn things in, you know, smaller hands, same, and I make it work when I can. Gotcha. Well, a big part of acting is also being able to understand the part. And so right. if you're having to do the process of translation and understanding, one thing I can mm-hmm. say is that our listeners will listeners will be able to see when they view the video when we share it is that you're very expressive as you're mm-hmm. singing um even though i'm not sure what you were saying either i could already tell something exciting was in the works because we were about to get to something that i knew may be mildly scandalous just because yeah there was yeah. a cute there was yes. on your face oh there was a cute God. little there was a cute little flirty smile yes, and you did this smile. you did this thing but with your lips oh you kind of pursed yes. your lips I a little mean, i was like like, oh, I was like, oh, oh this what's is about good. to happen? What is about to happen? I was like, and I was looking at, I was like, okay, I can't. I was like, I don't want to stop it because I feel like something good's about to happen. And like, I'm also looking at the accompanist because you can see in the video, like he's behind you and he's watching He's you. in it too. He's yeah. in it just like we are. And I'm like, man, she's great. Like, I just, it was fantastic to watch. Yeah, no, that's actually, that was the exact. I mean, that is what's happening. Oh, good. Um, See, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, no, but I love the fact that it was completely clear to you guys and you guys don't speak Italian. So no, it was, you conveyed that with your voice and your facial expressions. Yeah, facial expressions and inflection. All of that was accomplished with that. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> well, what is some of the best career advice, advice you've ever been given, Jasmine? Always, always be prepared. And always be a great colleague. Oh, that's mm-hmm. fantastic advice. I think that could that can go across any field. Yeah, I was just about to say oh, that, listen, that, that applies to everything. Always listen because <laughs> <laughs> preparation, I think, is ninety percent of the battle. Yes. If you show up to a job prepared, you're you're telling that company that they can trust you. Yeah. Yes. And so that means that they're probably most, it's especially if they like your voice and they like what you do, they're going to give you more opportunities. And then those, those other opportunities lead to more opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think, I think being prepared is, is again, 90% of, of, in my honest opinion, talent, you know, right. what, what I, I honestly, just being prepared and, and, and the colleague being a great colleague, that's you just, never nobody's gonna nobody's gonna want to work with a diva. Nobody. No, and I mean, granted, that gets first of all, that's old. That's like people don't have time for that. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> I, I don't think people have time or money for that. But no, seriously. Um, but like being a colleague also in the sense of like be nice to everyone yeah. because yes. that person who you know, you know, you guys may be treating really mean. They might be a general director of an opera company or a casting director one day. Yep. So, like, just, just. And while you might not remember colleague. them, they're going to remember you Always. if it's a negative oh, interaction. Oh, yeah. they're gonna, exactly. They're going to remember you like, oh, yeah, you are nice to me. And granted, like, I hope it wouldn't be super petty, but it's just like. <laughs> 
don't you want to have a really good rapport with everyone mm-hmm. and 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 always like you know network as much as possible and i think also use your friends yes. to do stuff yes you know because that's the way things work where it's like well, people if someone's like referring you, you want to you want to make them look good too. Because if a lot of uh, what's happening is network based, someone had to put their name on the line for you too, right? Exactly. And if you you if you're not doing a good job, then you're you're messing up the whole line of of trust. Yep. Great. And you're making them look product. bad. Yeah. Gosh, that's I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm gonna repeat that advice to myself every day. That's fantastic advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, it's and. Granted, um, I was taking a class at Opera America, and Laura Lee Everett, she told, she said that, she's like, and I told this to everyone, be prepared, and, you know, <laughs> and just be a great colleague, and, and it goes far in so many ways, I know I'm, like, repeating myself over well, and over no, again, it but it seems it's simple, just, but it's something that, if it was simple, we wouldn't all have been like, oh, when you said it, you yeah. know, we were all yeah. like, oh, that's good, that's good advice, like, well, it's one yeah. of those things that you don't even think about, you don't, you yeah, don't. and always be respectful to, like, your costume designers, and always, I mean, every level of the performance, everybody, yeah, every, I think, uh, that's something, I think that, even as someone in the field, in in the work field that you know various work fields that we're in I, I know it's important to me you be respectful to people on every level of what you yeah. do yeah like exactly. um you know i'm not any you know my where i work everything's kind of unilateral but in some situations you know I, people really are having to work on various levels and i think often um sometimes people forget that people are just starting out and they could use a little support and a little uplifting mm-hmm Oh, totally. And I think that's where, like, mentorship comes in, you know, where, oh, like, yes. you need to have people to just ask those, like, stupid questions. Yes. <laughs> or, or, Speaking. Excuse me. I don't want to say stupid questions because no questions are stupid. But if you, like, at least for me, like, any kind of advice or, like, hey, should I do this or should I not do this? Yes. Or is this worth my time? Or how do you navigate learning this? You know, it's always good to have those people to reach out and connect to. So, you know, I think it's better to focus on that than, like, trying to build competition. You know, like, I I think that's really essential. Now, speaking of stupid questions. No. (laughs) So, I noticed in your video, you are wearing a gorgeous gown. I mean, I only saw the top half, but it looked very beautiful. Now, are you supplied your, your garments or do you have to, you know, come out of pocket for any of those? Okay, so this is the thing about being an opera singer. It's all funded by myself. I see. That's kind of what I was thinking. Oh, my goodness. Like, um, when I'm doing a production, right. of course, that comes from the, the theater. Oh, that's certainly. not me. But what, all this stuff, when I'm doing it by myself, as far as, like, concert work or just, like, the video, just watch, uh, those gowns belong to me. Wow. Now, where do you get, like, well, how do you go about, like, you do you just find something at Macy's on sale or like how do you have a specific store you have to go to to procure these gowns yeah so <laughs> actually shout out to some people in Macon um, um so really I honestly just go to dealers um, they always have a lot of great stuff oh, great. um sometimes like Bulk sometimes, but most of the time, like anything that like is hard to formal or evening wear, I go to Dillard's. But I also got go to Ingleside Formal and Bridal. Oh, okay. 
they have great, you know, markdown stuff from prom, mm-hmm. like in I've got multiple gowns from there that I've, I've used throughout my career, and I've gone there multiple times. <laughs> well, well, and they've great. never told me. We're going to yeah, make sure so. to let them know, though. We'll shout them out in the episode, too. <laughs> yeah, please, because they're a great uh, a great uh, dress shop and, and, you know, very friendly. And, and yeah, it's, it's an investment that I have to make. Yeah. Right. Um, mind you, it's also tax deductible for me oh, because I'm an independent hey. contractor. Hey, oh, yeah. bring it back. Bring it back. We were concerned yeah. over here. I was like, Lord, Jasmine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lord. Like, yeah. So, like, any, like, you know, if my office space in my house is a practice room or um, even, like, Netflix because I can be learning acting. Oh. Um, yeah. We get real clever. Hustle, yeah. girl. Hustle. Hey, I like it. Hey. Yeah. Please give out this like, business supplies. advice. Like. Yeah. So, like, scores, highlighters, any of that. All of that stuff is Teas, lemon. <laughs> she said teas yeah. and lemon. <laughs> well, I mean, some people use that for their voice. That's so true. No, I but. mean, yeah, but, okay, so on a gig, if, if, and, you know, depending on the kind of gig that I have, I always keep my seat when I eat out. Okay, because so it's a write-off. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I love yeah. that. Like, I mean, so I think people forget that you're, a, you're, a, you're technically an independent business as a opera yeah. singer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Yeah, and yeah. all of the money that I make, I pour it back into myself, you know? Yeah. So it's, granted, you know, <laughs> depending on what level you're in the industry, like, as far as making a profit, you know, it's 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 always going back into reinventing yourself and, mm-hmm. and you funding everything. And you, you're having to pay your managers and, and, like, yeah. And travel and all those type things. Yeah, and, and granted, like, yeah, so travel, that too. Mileage, if I have a uh, car, you know, and I'm going back and forth, uh, hopefully I can negotiate with that company if you can pay for my mileage. Mm-hmm. These you are know? See, these are things I think people wouldn't even think about. Because, yeah, I oh, no, exactly. I, I'd certainly, um, I think, again, when, you, when it's a field that you're not necessarily as... Um, versed in, you don't think about the various kind of adversities or hardships that people, you know, have had to overcome. But that actually kind of brings us to another question is what obstacles have you had to overcome to be successful in your field? Man. Has your race played into it at all? Do you think? You know what? Sometimes I, I, sometimes no, but sometimes yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. And sometimes I think that has been something that I've had to kind of say to myself, like, I transcend beyond all of this. Yeah. Yes. You know? Or that they like, just, like, okay, they just weren't ready for me. <laughs> right. That, that's yeah. kind of how and the attitude like, I would someone, have. If someone didn't, does not want to work with me because... I'm black. Mm-hmm. That is their loss. Yeah, yeah, that's not even the company you want to be a part mm-hmm. of. Exactly. So I have had experiences. I, I won't get into detail, but I've had oh, experiences where my body has been kind of. Um, I didn't you know, even take into consideration uh, that as well. That's kind of another level of discrimination that I'm sure uh, women of color kind of encounter as far as the stage as well. And that's something I I hadn't even considered, but that's so true. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, especially for black women, 
uh, we tend to have, you know, curvier and more muscular bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can be not seen as dainty enough. Oh, that's bull crap. Sorry. But do do you know what I mean? I I mean, I get it, but like. Yeah. But it's like. That upsets me. (laughs) You know, and here's the thing. It's like, and I, I get, I get where people want, you know, things to look like movies. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like. Not everybody looks like that, and it's okay to have something different. It's okay if you've got a curvy body and and you've got a, you know big booty and, and big breasts and yeah. <laughs> like I mean, have they not, not seen? Everybody is way thin, and even if I got thin, I would never. I'm still going to be curvy, yeah, you know. Um, so I have come up against some things where my body has been taken into consideration when it comes to a part. Um, and that's, that's just the reality of the industry, um, that I, you know, and I think that is something that people do need to address, True. um, that, you know, it should be about the voice. Yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, that's what it's, you're there to do is to sing. Yes, exactly. And, and I think too, like the biggest thing I've had to overcome is myself, okay. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like how so? I mean, I don't know. If we want to get an imposter syndrome, but like, oh, it's oh a girl, real. we've been here talking about that. Uh-huh. We had a whole episode. Girl. <laughs> it's a and, real well, thing, but it's also one of those things for you to even acknowledge it is such a huge thing. It is. It's a big. It's step. just a big step. It's yeah, half of and then you're struggle. shocked, and you're like, "What? <laughs> I was doing that?" And you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And you, and especially when you finally are standing face to your, face with yourself on the issue, you kind of. I know me, I get mad at myself about the time that I've wasted when I finally have to go back and have that conversation with myself where I've doubted myself to the point where I've procrastinated uh, yeah. myself into kind of a, a a tizzy. I don't know. My, my... Or even the opportunities that you didn't take yes. because of imposter syndrome. Absolutely. It's, you know, well, thinking can about I that. make this statement? Go for it. Because I've, I too have sometimes dealt with that. And like, I was recently reading this article about like, there's no psychological, like technical term for like laziness or procrastination. Right. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is that you just fear like taking steps. Oh yeah. Yes. It's well, because the, the fear of you doing something, well, you know, I, it terrifies you. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Were you a gifted child as growing up? Were you in like the gifted programs? Okay. Oh man. Okay. So I wasn't, and that broke me apart as a child because I didn't think I was smart enough sometimes. Oh my god. Because I I was a a gifted child later on, like in high school. But there's a thing now. There's a thing now where they're saying like gifted children now are kind of more um, more anxious to start new tasks and to do things because they are so worried about not excelling at it. Yeah, failure. Yeah, yes. the failure. Yeah. yeah. Well, in myself. Yeah. So I, when you said that, I was like, oh, she must have been a gifted kid. Well, I only oh. ended up, myself only ended up being gifted because my, like, when I took the test, you want to know what I lacked the most? Motivation. And my mom had to actually go and advocate for me so that I could be in it because they didn't want to let me in it because I lacked motivation. And you know what? To this day, 
they are right. <laughs> like I, I even, you know, I really struggled sometimes not believing in myself. And it was like, yeah. you know, you can, at, cause uh, when you do the test, there's like sections of the test. And so one's like creativity and others motivation. I can't remember what the various areas were, but in creativity off the charts, just like, but when it came to motivation, there were some concerns and they were like, we're not sure if she would do well in the program, but it was because my mom continued to really push me in the program that I was able to do well, but initially they weren't going to let me in. Well, I, okay. And that, can I say this too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Go right ahead. Why are we treating everybody like the gift day program? Yes, yes. absolutely. All like, kids deserve I that same investment. Exactly. And that's what bothers me because like, for some reason, I didn't get in the gift day program. I thought, oh, it would be great for me. And, to do that and I thought I was like something was wrong with me Oh, man. You see, well, and it's also, it goes back to the, like, uh, those opportunities. Well, they also had all the provides. coolest stuff that they did, too. Yes. Like, they got to go exactly. to the freaking aquarium. The and NASA museum. Museums. They got to do all the cool stuff. Because my brother was in Gifted when, because he's only two years younger than me. And yeah. he was okay. in Gifted and I wasn't, because I didn't, again, I didn't get in until high school. Mm-hmm. And by high school, they weren't doing any fun things anymore. It's all in elementary right. school that they yes. do the cool trips. And I would just be like... Well, how come I don't? I'd like I would love to go watch a watch a space station. Well, like, you never I would think about how exactly. kids are left out, but they. I think even at that at that stage, kids already notice when they're being left behind, right? Or they're being left out. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why like programs like Midsummer Making, yes, like, amazing programs. So like just the things that gifted kids got to do was just be like explorative, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like. Why that? Why is our education system not like that? Should be the standard. Or they, period. To, or they got to go to plays. I remember my brother got to go yeah. see mm-hmm. a play in downtown Macon, and I was so because I I always was I, I I like to think that I was a theater kid when I was younger. Um, even though the only productions I ever did were in my church, <laughs> but <laughs> that, but those matter. Yeah, yeah. Do, but I was I would hear it. He'd be like, "It was so boring. I hated it," and I was just like. I would have loved to have gone. gone. Like right. I would have traded with you in a heartbeat. To well, have and gone I think that kind plays. of identifies an issue that we've been discussing throughout the show is not giving people an opportunity to be de- to be introduced to to new and um, to new fields. Leave people out. Mm-hmm. Like imagine right. there are students right now who, in our own public school system, could really benefit from that type of immersion, from that type of yeah. experience that don't get those opportunities because the school has decided that they aren't, they didn't pass a certain test. Right. They're not of the level to appreciate it. But maybe it's that they haven't been introduced. So that's why they don't appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's extremely huge because, like, you know, listen, everybody, especially for black people, mm-hmm. we've got exposed them to other things other than going into sports. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Like Aaron, you know, she works at a she worked my, my friend Erin, she works at a at a middle school, a predominantly black middle school downtown, uh, here in Macon. Oh well she and she works at Miller because yeah. Aaron was actually on our show too, another local woman. But she oh, nice. um she had said because she does the she helps out with the play productions and it's not a lot of the gifted kids that are doing it it's her it's her lower quote-unquote her lower grade student students that are that are auditioning for these roles and that are freaking killing it 
Like we yeah. went to, what was that one we went to, Sierra? Oh man, we saw, they did Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. They did uh, Island, not uh, once, once upon an island. Oh, once on this island? Yes. Oh my God. Lion That's King. So they, good. And they, all these kids. And they killed it too. Killed She's right. It. They killed it. They did. Absolutely killed it. And they helped with everything. They helped with the production. Like Aaron, of course, helped out with, you know, stage set and design and whatnot. Yes. But they also helped out. And I mean, even if they were just, you know, painting a scene, like they, I mean, it was, it was, well, it was so otherworldly like, to see that these see younger that opens kids. opens up for people. Exactly. Like, that opens up that like, hey, maybe you can do this for a living, yes. you know? And it's just that This is a possibility outreach. as a job, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, and, and also, it, I think it's the culture that it exposes you to. Like, even yeah. listening to you be able to introduce the video, we were like, I was like, I'm gonna have to allow her to introduce the video because I no can't way. pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> but, the, but you know, that's 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 culture. That's something. Even though you're still learning Italian and still, you know, immersing yourself in that culture as well, it's the introduction. It's the opportunity. It's to be presented with that. That's not a part of my life at all. There's no reason for me to invest in in learning that except for right. maybe if I had a personal interest in it but I believe that giving kids the opportunity to find new things to invest in they complain about what kids aren't doing but what are exactly. you presenting them with like exactly and and yeah and I think this also goes into like when high when you're trying to hire diverse people um from the top down within companies yes open the opportunity like Jesse Norman Buesley states this, but widen the river of the people that you audition. Yes. Because you never know who you're going to find. Absolutely. You know, and like, I, that's so encouraging to hear that like these kids are getting this experience to do once on this island. That's such an amazing show. Isn't and it? you never know like what young girl like could be on Broadway. Oh, what, I, I cry at all musicals just because. That's how oh, I, I know me too. But like, I can't help myself. <laughs> me too. <same>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it could be a first grade performance of like, you know, uh, the itsy bitsy spider, and I'm like, oh my god, they killed it. They killed it. They <laughs> right. killed it. You know, I'm just that's how I am. But um, it was phenomenal to see that. But imagine one of those kids is listening to us right now, Jasmine. And what would be some advice would you give those inter- uh, those individuals interested in pursuing a career in classical performance? And if you had some advice specific to people of color. I think the the first thing that comes to my mind is, and you had asked me about this, you know, but like, I think believing in the notion that no one is better than me yes. and I am better than no one. Wonderful. I love that. And like, because that just takes away the fear of like comparing yourself are there any being their kind of like level, right? Because yes. we fear things because they're on levels. Like, oh, this person's prettier or they're smarter or this. And I mean, we even talked about it within this interview of like how it made us feel to not get into a certain program. Absolutely. Right? When all along, that was never true to begin with. Yes. It was it <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't a defining thing. Another thing I would say, if you don't get an opportunity, create one. Yes, yes. Like, if you don't, if that door doesn't open for you, create it yourself. There's yes. no one telling you you can't do that. Yes, I love that. 
I love that. Well, Jasmine, this has been a phenomenal conversation, and Absolutely I know I'm fantastic. just like encouraged by the conversation. And I oh, thank you. It's been a gift. Want to make I'm sure? Glad that I got to talk to you, lady. Oh, well, I want to make sure before we get off here that we can connect with you, though. And yes, I, that's please. what I wanted to. That's uh, why I wanted to jump into this particularly. Is where are you currently performing? I know that with COVID, there's been some limit, but if people want to get online and try and find you, where can we connect with you? Because we want to see you again. Yes. So, um, actually, I am currently performing with the Atlanta Opera. Ooh, um, it's local. And it's particularly called the Three Penny Carmen because it's a new production that the Atlanta Opera has created. Uh, during COVID because we were trying to truncate the opera into 90 minutes. Um, and so I think it's going to be a really fantastic work. Um, I, I hope you guys can come see it. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Jasmine Habersham Soprano. Um, also, I'm on Instagram at Dom de Grasse, which is like Lady and Grace in French. Um, <laughs> but that's spelled uh, D-A-M-E-D-E-G-R-A-C-E. Um, and then you can also find me on YouTube and also at my website at www.jasminehaversham.com. I mean, completely homegrown right here in our community from the stage here in Macon to the stage all around the world. We're so excited to have had you on the show, Jasmine. Thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. Like, it really was like a lovely gift on this Easter Sunday for me. So (laughs) good. We appreciate it, Jasmine. And we hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Bye, Jasmine. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Bye, bye, you guys. And also, we should like do this in real life. Oh yeah, no, oh, that'd be dope. Right. Absolutely, we should do this in real life. That's, <laughs> I was just like, you know, we need to find out what the performance is, schedule some dinner, you know. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> some yes. after. And some once after I get vaccinated. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Same over here. Yeah. So, thank awesome. you so much, Jasmine. We hope you have oh, a wonderful welcome. day. Oh, you too. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Oh, that was so much fun. That was great. That was a fantastic episode, and I am excited about this local woman field trip. Yeah, me too. And, of course, you guys, you know you're going to come right along with us. We're going to take you with us up to Atlanta as we go check out her performance. Um, You all follow us online, on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm out here really trying to kill it online. So, you know, like, share, and um, Keep following us here at The Local Woman. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye.